from Rochester, New York, the home of Nighthawks Lacrosse, the Rochester Philharmonic, and Marge's Lakeside Inn. This is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since everything's geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're going to get. Starring Chris, Tanya, and Billy. And here's your host, Chris Frank. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Let's do, I'm, we got a different one like every week and then we'll rotate through them kind of a thing. Something yeah. I like that. I dig it. I dig it. That is very There's cool. There's still a lot of music though. Ow! My That's microphone. Fine. It's falling. It's gone limp. <laughs> oh no. That's not a microphone. Oh no. <laughs> Hello sports fans. We've missed you. We're back. It's, it's, it's old home week and we've already lost Tanya. Tanya, uh, are you dealing with a little bit of friction over there? Is that, is that no. thing? Oh, okay. I tell you. I tell you. What a what a great first impression we're leaving on people right uh, now. It, there's a problem over here. All right. Well, find the, uh, the the bolt to tighten it down, and you'll be I'm fine. Working on it. Or you can there lift you can... the arm up. Hold on to it. Yeah, or you can there just you there, you there you go. go. Hopefully that worked. That worked. That's sorry. a great. That's Technical it. Technical difficulties. Should today. we start over and pretend that we're? Uh... No. Doing it for the first time? People, I don't know. Did people you hit used the record button? I did hit we the hit, Okay, button. so we're in good shape. Billy, Billy, how you doing over there? I'm doing Bearden, amazingly well. Battered and bruised, to, but not uh, broken. Yeah, I, I've, I've had an interesting couple weeks since we last spoke. Oh, I know. Billy has um, has discovered that he has a new budding career as a stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listening to your story on the radio that day... I was having flashbacks to April of uh, 2016 when, when my your husband, husband was hit by the car. Oh, that's when, right. Okay. When you said, I kind of turned and put my hands out. Yeah. You are not going to stop a car. <laughs> Just yeah. like he did not stop the Ford F-150. Yeah. No. I, I'm like, I truly was having a whole sense of deja vu. And I'm yeah. just like. So, I, so Billy, you were you were navigating across walk I, in a legal legal fashion, and yes, somebody I was. He was legal. and the car was not. Well, th- we both were. He just didn't see me. Uh, I, he didn't give the right away to a pedestrian in the crosswalk. Yeah, Main Street downtown, uh, right. South Avenue turns into St. Paul. Right. Mm-hmm. So exactly I'm on the I'm on the South Avenue side. Lights red. He's on the St. Paul side in his car, and the light turns green, and I start to cross, and Light turns green. He doesn't have a turn signal on, which is his faux pas in this matter, and right. starts turning. And I'm in front of him oh, at geez. this point, and I see I'm going. Oh crap! He's turning into me, <laughs> and ha, 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 stop, stop, stop! And, and then you did a Dukes of Hazard rolling yeah. over the the no, hood. No, it's Lee Majors and the Fall Guy. Lee Majors and the Fall Guy going okay. over the top of the car. Okay. Wow. And I so I, I hit the top of his car, then I roll off that and land in the street, and. It hurts, but I lay there for a second, and I go, let's see, I'm still alive. Check. Move my, okay, that's not broken. That's not broken. I didn't hit my head, so that's that's good. good. Yeah. And I stand up, and I walk around. Well, my side hurts, but I don't think anything's broken. That's good. I'm good. He got out of the car. Oh, my God, I didn't see you. I'm so sorry. And he was very apologetic. And Did he stick around for, like, police reports and stuff? He would have if I'd asked him to. Right. Uh I didn't ask him to. I I think I'm good. And are you sure? Do you need my number? No, I'm good. I was shaken up. I probably should have taken this. Yeah, you probably weren't. You know, got adrenaline going on at that moment. As I sent the message to you, his his insurance, his car insurance, would have covered all medical bills for you from the time it starts until the time that. 
whatever because yeah. he's at fault and I, it, it turns out i hit him he hit me or i hit him hard enough to where the front of his car was dented yeah there. But, oh boy but still but no i'm, I'm just saying you, you were in the crosswalk and he didn't yield the right away to a pedestrian in the crosswalk yeah. and but like i said i was fine i was shaken up and i wasn't thinking clearly i probably should have but mm-hmm. then but didn't you say you went to the bank and the, came back yeah, and that's the, when the, the funny thing is so <laughs> afterwards i was on my way to the m&t bank down on main street mm-hmm. so after i get hit and i get up okay i'm good and so i i walk down to the bank still and pay my mortgage and another bill and i'm as i'm doing that some cop cars and ambulances and things are are gathering outside because <laughs> they're looking for you. Well, that, that's I, at first yeah, it were. didn't hit me, but then <laughs> no, the car did. The car did. <laughs> uh, unintentional pun there. Yeah, and like the bank tellers are noticed. Wow, there's things going on out there, and then it hits me. I bet they're looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I walked when I was done. I didn't say that out loud. Uh-huh. I walked out of the bank and walked to the bus stop. I didn't, didn't st- even look at them. I, I felt like stopping to ask, "Are you looking for a guy in a Mets hoodie who got hit by a car?" <laughs> I think he went that way. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different Mets hoodie. Yeah, different guy. Yeah. still got hit by a car. But I saw him, and oh. he looked very handsome. But- <laughs> But, well, you got some bruises uh, to show yeah. for it, but you're all right overall. Yeah. Yes, that's and, the important and then part. Thursday, I had about a vertigo that oh, knocked me out. And I've had that in, in the years, so yeah. And it's awful. Well, it we're is. Glad, now I'm feeling better. We're so. glad that you're here. And... Yeah, I'm glad I'm here, too. <laughs> Probably more glad than we are. <laughs> I've had stories. Uh-huh. I so. tell you, you should now have Susan write a book. Yeah, or me. Well, you? you know, yeah. so if we well, if we do the she words in your math, yeah, something like that. So if we do the question, what makes your geeky little heart happy? I'm going to say it's because Billy's here. He's yes. <laughs> he's fine. Something like that. Oh. So I've had. How are you guys? We're good. I don't have any adventures compared to you. I got a new puppy at home. I saw that Juno. Juno, the Wonder Butt. She's adorable. She is. A, she is cute. But you can tell she was rescued she's, from a puppy mill. You can tell. You can see it in her very eyes. Skittish. Yeah, four four months. I, I I got her when she was about four four and a half months old. She's been with me now for a couple of weeks. So we're figuring she's about five months old at this point. She's all up on her shots and everything. But you can tell just in those four months before she was rescued. That that poor little girl seen some stuff. Is she used to you now? She's getting to. Juliana yeah, she's she's Ian. she's actually happier with Jules than any with anybody else. So I'm I'm assuming that she has adopted Jules. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian has spent most of the last couple of weeks at his mother's house. So he comes in, and he's like, yep, dog, cute, all right, and walks away. So she really is not used to him at all. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she knows me as the provider of food, water, and walkies. So <laughs> I rank just below Juliana at, at this moment in time. Well, you rank above Juliana when Juliana's not there. I, yeah, but only because, you know. Because, because Juliana's alone. not yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, because she has to settle is basically yeah. what it is. But she's definitely, she's a cute little Velcro dog, man. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, whenever I sit down, she's like right as close to my lap as she possibly can be. That's awesome. And she's found the joy of shoes. She has found the joy of shoes, yes. I have not lost a shoe to her yet, but I've caught and come close a couple of times. And laundry, I see. Uh, God, you saw that, she you read that? help. Yeah. She just wants to be helpful. No, mm-hmm. it's, it, I think the whole premise of that one is that whenever I get up and I go to somewhere, she's like, she's, it's You're an age old story. The age-old story, the dog has to follow you the moment you get up. And there was at one point, I think what, what spurred me to write that Facebook post <laughs> was the fact that I'm standing there, and I, I always bring laundry up to my room. I dump it out on the bed, and then I fold it. Well, between I stand between me and my bed. or my I stand between my bed and my dresser. Yeah, I'm really doing well. Mm-hmm. It's like having a newborn in the house. I'm sleep-deprived. Um, at one point, I folded something, and then I turned around and opened up the drawer, 
to put it in. I'm like right, th- and she's just she jumps right up and she's like trying to follow me as I'm turning. I'm like I am literally standing. I'm just turning in place, honey. It's I'm not going anywhere. And the look on her face was like I just wanted to make sure I can go with you, you know. And I'll, that's what spurred the whole. That's inspired me to to write that Facebook post of of the interaction between me and my my dog. Yeah, well, my my cat Bob is that way when when it's time to eat. Other than that, mm-hmm. I think uh, the cats just wait for Susan and I to leave our couches so that, <laughs> yeah, they can so take they can over. Take the warm spots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. How about you, Tanya? Fabulous. Um, just gearing down the end of the school year. Um, you survived another one. Yes, we did survive another. Twenty one. twenty-three down, twenty more to go. <laughs> well, I just finished twenty years at Bosey's, so uh-huh. um, it's my twenty-fifth year of teaching. Twenty-fifth year of teaching, but only twenty in the New and York you State. You started when you were three. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, she was you. a very bright child. Yes. Um. So, but I have at least ten more years in the New York State retirement system mm-hmm. before I can. Uh, Leave it. Yeah, so I, I will. Give me at thirty. I will not be hitting thirty with the New York t- State Retirement System because to do that, I would have to be sixty-nine years old, and I'm not going to be working that long uh, in my life. I mean, in this day and age, who knows? Yeah, well, I, I I commonly joke at the office. This is my my retirement party in my wake will be the same event. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, how? Yep. Yeah. At thirty yep. years, I'll only be um, fifty-seven. So right, you got to be at least sixty-two, isn't it? No, 55 to retire from BOCES, which gives me 28 years in the retirement system. Mm-hmm. Um, 62 to collect Social Security. Uh, so you can still be retired after the age of 55, but you can't collect Social Security. Until 62. Like, there will be anything left. Yeah, there won't be anything left. So, so I could, yeah, I really could go 15 more years. We have the best retirement service ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Biggest. Greatest. <sighs> That's just another. Yeah, another that's thing. that's. I have a, not, I have a sneaking and it's suspicion. It's not necessarily his fault for Social Security. It's just been going down. Yeah, well, it's because for... people have been abusing it since it was first created. Right. That's all there is to it's it. It's like I'm like, hello. I sh- if I pay into the Social Security system, that should be coming back to me because I've been paying into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shouldn't be anything missing. Right. Got it. But that's uh, just my. But I. Yeah. But and I here we go. We're going. That, we're we're dipping into. But I understand why these policies were created back in yeah. the was it the New Deal with FDR. Mm-hmm. Right. Did I During get my depression. right president? You did. Yay! Congratulations. I hate U.S. history. I know, but I'm good at it, so I can go ahead and praise you for being correct. I think Lewis and Clark invented that. Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Lo- Clark Lewis and Clark, Clark, The Adventures of Superman? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, you know, that's the right where I went to also. Yeah. I'm trying desperately uh, to bring this back to nerddom because if we well, stick to politics, we're never going no. to hang up today. Because well, because we'll get going and we will rant and it will be bad. You're talking about being sleep deprived because you haven't quote unquote a newborn in the house. Yes, I'm sleep deprived because um, somebody uh, decided to introduce me to the world of Warcraft. And uh, I, you know what, I, I have taught and you, you haven't been playing either. I haven't been playing much lately, no. But so I, I also know when to turn it off. <laughs> I can't. No, just no. saying. I'm just like one more. Uh, I'm just like one more area. One more area. One uh-huh. more area. How's that working out for you? Mm. I it was like 12:45 when I stopped this morning. All right, 12:45. <laughs> so, okay, I've done that. I've, I've played until two o'clock in the morning on a couple of occasions. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Only um, because we had to be here. We today. got we got business to do, so yes. we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we have an interview. We're gonna have the lovely and talented Christina Ariel on uh, on the line, and she'll be chatting with us about uh, cosplay and. Uh, gaming, and this is this is June, and this is uh, Women in Gaming Month, and she's a huge advocate for that. Uh, so we're looking forward to that conversation, and so we will bring that to you very, very shortly.
Okay. She is a cosplayer, a singer, an entertainer, a gamer, an advocate, and at the moment, a um, carrier of precious cargo. It is Christina Ariel. Christina, thank you, thank you very much for joining us on the show this afternoon. How you doing over there? I'm great. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, our, our former producer, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, our former producer Sherry is the one who introduced us and got the conversation going to bring you in. And she had, had told me about June being Women in Tabletop Month, and Christina is an amazing advocate for it. I'm like, cool. I'm looking forward to this because th- one of the big that's th- my catnip is gaming. I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been I've been I've been one for like what, 30, 31. 32 years at this point, I've been rolling dice and playing various uh, games at this stage. And to have people advocating for inclusivity and making sure that everybody, everybody has an opportunity to come to the table and share in the experience is huge for me. Because I've seen I've seen it from the, the dark ages to what's happening now, this great renaissance of everything that's been going on. Uh, so I really do appreciate it. And having your insight today is going to be awesome. So, so thank you for joining us today. Well, again, thank you for having me. It's I, I love to talk about this. So I don't know if you, you've seen my Twitter. I, it's all I talk about. So it's nice. I, I, inclusivity. It's, it's important. Exactly. Um, you know, I got a kick out of it because I saw your Instagram and the uh, the Batgirl dance that you posted <laughs> last night was especially awesome. Um, oh, I just like ran on it. It's like last week I did uh, – it's like because I each Saturday is when like it's oh it's twenty six weeks today or twenty seven weeks pregnant, mm-hmm. so I was like I'm just gonna start putting my cosplays on. So last week it was Captain Marvel, and this week I was like I'm gonna do the Batusi, but do the Batgirl version. <laughs> yeah. uh, now you have what about twelve weeks left at this point? Thirteen. Thirteen. See, see, as a guy, I'm very. <laughs> I have two kids of my own, but I really didn't pay attention. I just kind of like stood around until they showed up. You know, it's, it's terrible. We all know your wife did the heavy lifting. She okay. did, really, literally, in, in one case, because my son was like 8 pounds, 12 ounces when he was born. So, yeah, there was definitely Don't some heavy lifting going like on. That, Chris. What I'm are you doing? Uh, well, you know, uh, here's here's the balancing factor. My daughter was 5 pounds, 9 ounces. So your your son, it's, you, you're having a boy, right, if I remember reading your Twitter correctly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ezekiel, did I catch the name right? Yes, Ezekiel Phillips. I, I pay attention when I do my research. I pay attention. Oh, I'm so excited. for. And this is your first child, right? Um, it is the first one that I am birthing. I right. have a six-year-old son named Luke, who is fantastic. Oh, he's a handsome little He's fella. very excited about the baby as well. Oh, I'm so sure. There's a lot of excitement around these parts. Fantastic. Congratulations. That is awesome. Um, so let's get into the nuts and bolts of things. Uh, I, I saw the, the list of things that you have under your credentials, you know, cosplayer, entertainer, gamer. Um, I'm going to give you a chicken and the egg kind of a question at this point. What did, what led to what? Were you a gamer for a while and then decided to get into cosplay? Was it vice versa? How did that all fit together? So fun fact, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, it'll be two years in October, mm-hmm. October 19th. well, seemed to be two years ago, I was still working as an education coordinator in real estate. Oh, okay. And I was like, I'm not happy. This is not what I'd like to do. I'd Mm -hmm. like to entertain. I want to entertain for the rest of my life. And I ended up leaving my job October 19th, and I started doing cosplay. Mm -hmm. I was already cosplaying, but then I just kind of was like, oh, I'm just going to like 
do whatever and only take jobs in entertainment from here on out. Gotcha. Luckily, my husband was not like, <laughs> you've lost your mind. <laughs> so I like that's what I did. That day I decided I was going to. And honestly, since pretty much since the day I decided to leave, I've had a job, at least a job a week in entertainment since. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. And that's so, not easy in Los Angeles. It is not. It is not. My story is not traditional in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. So it's, it was interesting to kind of watch the progression of what all happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It, it was just really interesting the way that everything kind of worked out with the university. And like here, and the very first thing I did kind of professionally besides going to conventions was I played Lieutenant Ahura in the library bar. Now you have the bridge spot video. Oh, right, and right. And if you're Phil, you... I'm sorry. Yeah, so Bonnie Gordon and Xander Genere. Um, Bonnie is, um, oh, she's on Callisto 6. They're both on Callisto 6. Mm-hmm. They're just amazing people. But they also were like, hey, like, will you be in our video? And I met Bonnie because my husband is a magician. And... She was at the Magic Castle one day, and she's like, I've got this nerdy band, and we're bored. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Because <laughs> we were talking about Doctor Who, and it's interesting now, like, how how connected our worlds are at this point with mm-hmm. gaming and everything. But it was crazy, because she was like, I was standing on the set that day, and it was the first time I'd ever been on a set with a green screen, and I was playing Lieutenant Ahura, who was, like, one of my icons in life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, if nothing else comes of this, and it's also interesting because my grandfather was a huge Trekkie. Mm -hmm. He was on the Enterprise when he was in the Navy, and he was on the Enterprise the day that Star Trek premiered. Oh, wow. He was, on like, on a tour on the Enterprise watching the Enterprise. Oh, that's phenomenal. He had just passed away that January, right before my wedding. Okay. And so it was all these kind of kismetic moments, and then I was like, if nothing else happens, I want Michelle Nichols to know that this video exists. And about the week the video came out, I was working a convention with Iona Morris, who was the voice of Storm from X-Men Animated Series. It was a good one. And (laughs) all of a sudden, like... Uh, she's like, oh, you know who's at the booth next to us for the next two days? Michelle Nichols. Oh, wow. Okay. So not only did I get to w- show the video to Michelle Nichols and talk to her about all of these things that I always wanted to, like the fact that she, Mart- like Martin Luther King kept her from quitting Star Trek. Right. Because he was like, hey, you are the first black person on television in a non-service role. We need you. I got to talk to her about that. I got to watch the video of me playing her with her. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, she's got on my outfit. <laughs> I was also dressed like her. I was in my Star Trek uniform with Michelle Nichols watching myself play Michelle Nichols. The greatest meta moment of my entire life. That is, and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That is it. That was the sign from the universe saying you are in the right place right now. And surreal is all hell, but yes, you're in the right place at right time. Oh, phenomenal. It's, 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 it's weird. And then with gaming, mm-hmm. last January, I always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. I tell the story all the time. I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, but it wasn't really something that one in the South where it's a jail, the devil's game. Oh, yeah. It's not just a thing. I lived that, but by the way. Was, <laughs> listen, you know it's the truth. It's uh-huh. one of those things where, and if you do play, you don't talk about it, and no one's going to go 
like one, I'm mm-hmm. I'm black female. I'd like I'm not really having people jumping out the thing thinking, "Hey, you're a nerd." Let's <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. Except like think like the one person I had was my friend Lester, who I used to play like Dragon Ball Z with with figurines. But I wanted to play, and a friend of mine online, Mobius, introduced me to Satine, and she, we went and had lunch and. She's like, oh, my gosh, the Team Phoenix is just one of the greatest people on the history of the Earth. Oh, but yeah. She was like, hey, one day, like, if I have something, I'd love you to come play. Turned out she had the show Sirens of the Realm. So I played my first game of D&D live on Sirens. That's amazing. So brand new, yeah. never done it before, and you're rolling dice basically, you know, essentially on national TV at this point, global TV when you consider it's the Internet, uh, with with the, the extreme talent of Satine Phoenix. Pretty much. Mean, that's charmed light. I'm, I am slightly jealous. I'll admit right now. That's, but that's slightly, a, a slightly, what? yes, but in a good way. But in a very good way. <laughs> I feel like for the number, like for the number of knocks I've taken in life, I yeah. feel like it kind of balances out. There you go. There you go. Like the universe owes me at this point. Like, don't take that at me, universe. But still, like it's one of those things <laughs> where it's like I've, I've been, and that's why I don't take any of it for granted. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't take for granted the fact that I am a high school dropout who was in alternative school for dress code. Let's not act like I was like Billy Badass over here. Right. I went for dress code, and it was the South, and it was not like, I don't know. It was one of those things where also, I don't know if you know the statistics of being a, a black child in school, your skin color makes you look like you're inherently doing worse things. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I didn't, I dressed like, I was think I once, I wore a shirt to school that said gold dicker, like a hooker, just smarter, because I thought it was hilarious. Right. And I got suspended for that. I got suspended for flip-flops. I guess, like, it was that kind of stuff where it was like, you're more worried about the fact that my shirt, my skirt is short mm-hmm. than what's going in my brain. So right. it's I, um... interesting. Like, I don't take any of that for granted that, like, my life could have gone a completely different way. Well, I'm, you know, I can appreciate the story that you have. My, my mother was a school teacher uh, in the city school district here in Rochester. Uh, she taught for 37 years. Uh, and she taught in the inner cities and some of the more challenged neighborhoods of Rochester, which, you know, in a, in a comparative speaking, you know, you, you get some of the rougher neighborhoods of, of L.A. And, uh, and New York City and things like that. And we're really, you know, primitive and, and you know, challenge light. But we still see the struggles of, of everybody, of all creeds and races and everything, all mixing together. And my mom would bring these stories home and tell me what she would experience. And so I kind of got an image, um, hopefully a much more open-minded image than some would have. And, and so I understand that there is just so much out there. And to be able to have that, that ability to kind of look back at it and say, okay, this is who I am. This is what built me. And now I'm taking that forward. It's, just, it's an amazing thing. And Go. nowadays it's even more so. I mean, when I graduated in 1983. Uh-huh. I was one of 55 white kids in a city school, uh-huh. and it, I could see the difference then, and it's gotten so much more divisive even now, I think. Yeah. Or, and so, so it's good. That we, I, I think yeah. the issue is that we have to get to a point where we understand, like, instead of needing more discipline, more discipline, more discipline, mm-hmm. there needs to be more mentorship. And there's mm-hmm. also a Absolutely. very big difference in being able to see yourself represented also in school. Mm-hmm. And to have, like, I can count on my hand the number of black teachers that I had. 
And it's not to say, like, that you can't learn from someone that doesn't look like you. It's just to say that, like, having an, a moderate... And there's a great, actually, a thing with Malcolm Gladwell that he did where he interviewed a lot of... Uh, he just It's uh, called Revisionist History is the podcast that he does. Okay. And he talks about the... Uh, sorry, not to plug someone else's thing. Oh, hey, no, I don't have a problem with it. But, no, it's, it's, I think it's important to know, like, there's... Inclusion is important. Diversity is mm-hmm. impor- important across the board because you don't know that you can be a teacher if you don't see a teacher. Like, you don't know, like, and it's so often, like, people don't know how to deal with you. So instead of seeing how, like, you become more of a problem, mm-hmm. instead of being like, how, how can I nurture this? Especially when you look at the overcrowding in classrooms where you're talking about, 20 some odd students to one teacher and that level of frustration is something that I can't even comprehend and would not even try to mm-hmm. like it's that's just not my bag I've already I'm gonna just do my kids and teach them and teach them the best that I can with the world but I te- look at teachers and I'm like my hat's off to you but I mean there's and it's not like they're putting more money into the schools right now as it is and mm-hmm. looking at like the the growth of charter schools and that competition that comes up with that and the money that's coming out of public schools. Man, I could talk about all this kind of stuff for days. But I'm not trying to derail your conversation. No, no, you're fine. See, like, here's the thing is we talk about pretty much anything on this podcast. I mean, we, we are a nerd cast. We, we are the, uh, the quote-unquote war arm of a comic book convention here in town in Rochester. But you know what? We talk about whatever is important to us because we know that it's going to connect with anybody out there because these are these are things that need to be talked about. And uh, and I have a teacher yeah. sitting right next to me, and I know that these are the trials and trail the perils and trials and tribulations. If I can make a Star Trek reference, um, you oh, know, I like tribbles. Tribbles are fun, and but you know, these are the things that you. I've heard you, Tanya, uh, even talk about stuff like this. You are echoing things that I'm hearing Christina talk about. So this is de- these. Oh, she's echoing everything I've talked about. I mean, I, I started my um, teaching career as a regular education teacher mm-hmm. with 25 to 30 kids in the classroom mm-hmm. throughout the day. And um, I got my master's in special education, and now my classroom has six kids in it with myself and a classroom aide. Mm-hmm. And still, it feel, there's days where it feels like we've got 30 kids in the classroom mm-hmm. where we're not able to meet all the needs of our students. I mean, they just went through um, their final exams mm-hmm. um, over the last couple of days, and I took money out of my pocket and went and got bagels and mm-hmm. cream cheese and orange juice and chocolate milk for them before their eight o'clock exam because I know some of them were coming in without having any food. And, as and a mat- see, why are you in your pocket? That's what's sad to me. Yeah, is the fact that teachers like teachers are already vastly underpaid, and then you throw in the fact of like there's kids like that aren't having lunch, that aren't having breakfast through no fault of their own. It's not like like, in a lot of the cases, yes, the parents are out and doing the absolute best that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, like, to penalize a child with food and then say, oh, it's budgetary. It's like, no, children need to eat. Like, uh-huh. this is important. We all know that breakfast is a part of the day. And then to have, like, oh, like, well, we have subsidized lunching, but you have to be in this income bracket. But also, sometimes that income bracket is just a little too off and it looks like the parent is making more money than they are because you're not factoring in the fact that that parent has to pay bills mm-hmm. and all this stuff that's coming and it's craziness to me yeah i agree uh, sorry I, that, that just it, oh, it enrages me because there's no. so much that's just like wrong with that statement and the mm-hmm. thing is like when i went to alternative school to be in a place where i'm supposed to be in trouble it was one of the best experiences of my life 
it was smaller classes because okay. it's not like it's one i went from being a student that was in all honors classes to all of a sudden i'm seen as troublesome and to go to this alternative school where there's all these kids who are supposed to be a problem everyone was worked with like the teachers were able to focus and everyone was in different grades and at different paces Mm -hmm. but everyone it's like if you needed help you could come get help so I was finished with my work within like the first six weeks of school I had nothing left to do for the rest of the year because I just was like I'm just going to finish my work and be done and I'm going to organize a Christmas pageant and we're going to have a performance thing and like let us have this kind of leeway and when I had to go they told me I was going back to my regular school I bawled I was like, please do not send me back there. I was like, I do not want to go back there. Like, I like, I feel seen here. I feel like mm-hmm. I can, like, flourish here. I went from a teacher who was always telling me that I was an idiot, and I had a 14 in her class in geometry, oh to the, by the end of the semester, I had a 99 in that class by the time I left. And, I mean, she looked at me with just such, like, bitch. I just remember, I can remember it. I would never forget it until the day I die how that lady made me feel about myself. Now, where, where was and this? Because were you born south. and raised in L.A.? You, no, you, she said in the she said south. No, in the I'm south. from Georgia. I'm an Georgia. Army Georgia. Okay. Yeah, my dad was in the Army, so okay. I went to school in Kentucky. I've been in all, all the school districts. Mm-hmm. I went to school in Kentucky. I went to school in Georgia. And it, it's just, it's very interesting. So ultimately, I just was like, I'm going to get my GED and be done. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then I'm like, I'm just going to go... School of life, and that probably was frustrating for you jumping from school district to school district, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. things like that. Because yeah. when you finally got to the alternative program or the alternative high school or wherever you went, that that teacher made that connection with you, and that's like the biggest thing is developing those relationships in order to see the person as a person that they are they are intelligent, and mm-hmm. somehow that they were able to meet whatever need that you needed at that point, like in order to exactly. to do your strengths, to be able to do that Christmas pageant or that holiday pageant and that, that show that you wanted to do because it's more than just textbook type stuff. That's right. I was just listening to Kevin Smith on his uh, Smidecast podcast talk to Shepard Ferry. Mm-hmm. He's an artist. He's most famous for that Hope Obama, the multi The Obey. Okay. Yeah. And um, he grew up in South Carolina where he – just he couldn't get it right in the education system. His teachers seemed to be against him. Mm-hmm. He he was constantly underachieving until he wound up in L.A. where he wound up with an alternative type school mm-hmm. where he got the support he needed. And it was almost your, I heard your story and his that I just listened to. Feels very similar. It feels very similar until like. That they didn't support his art or what he was doing mm-hmm. until he found just the right people to uh, to make that connection. Yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And it's funny because those will be the same people now that'll find you on Facebook and be like, "I always believed in you, liar." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are always the first that are going to jump on and say, "Oh, how amazing you are." Uh, the, were the people who were like, "No, you weren't." 
Uh, now, I did your education? You the, there are two teachers who are learning. Actually, there are three, and I will tell you their names because they deserve every credit in the world. Oh, shout them out! Third grade, mm-hmm. Dorothy Swanson, who is still Dildalum. Sorry, Ms. I love Miss Swanson. Miss <laughs> Swanson is one of the greatest teachers that I've ever had in my entire life, and she is still a very close friend. Miss Heidi Platt, who was my theater and drama teacher, and she cast me in Annie. She listened. To this day, I would, like, give a kidney for that lady. <laughs> and Marie Bernadette St. Clair, who was my creative writing teacher, and mm-hmm. she literally took it seriously. No, you write what you want. And I wrote stuff that I probably shouldn't have been writing about in Tennessee. But she, like, <laughs> uh, that, that was the best honors class I've ever had. And, like, to this day, she, like, if I post a cosplay, she shares it. She's like, this is my dear Christina. Da, da, da. And it's like those relationships, like yeah. your kids will remember you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like that impact of a teacher is so important. Hence why they need to be paying more money. Yes, but, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. They also like they shape and send out every kind of job person into the world. So to have that be like the most underpaid, under supported field, they don't have time to care about everybody. But think, it's also, like, it's very important to realize that they need to, like, they shouldn't have to, sometimes my skin color or darker skin color are seen as, they they make people fearful because right. they, people don't know what to expect because they haven't been introduced to it. Mm-hmm. They haven't had that kind of diversity in their own lives. They ha- don't have black friends. They don't have people to sit at their table that look different from them. And that makes all the difference in the world also for, like, families as well because, that mindset of fear and fear of other, fear of other, as long as that other remains other, there's no change. And I think right there is is kind of the, it's the, I feel like we're in a transition in our society, like right now, like more people are recognizing that their minds, they may think their minds were open, but they need to be broader. They need to be more open. They need to see that they still somewhat have blinders on to yeah. certain things. I, I know. I know personally I'm guilty of it. And that's that's my privilege is basically shining through is because I, I walk through my day and I'm at City Hall and I, I deal with people of all races and colors all the time. And I was taught from an early age you know, you don't judge a person by the cover. You don't judge the book. You never judge the book by the cover. And my grandfather was a was key on that. You know, if you judge by somebody by the way he looked, he would actually go off on you. You know, that's not the way to do it. It's not right. And so I kind of contented myself that, oh, no, you're very open-minded. You're very open-minded. But then I would find myself kind of finding that mindset. And now I'm getting better at recognizing it. I'm getting better at recognizing and saying, oh, no, you're not as open-minded as you think you are. And you really need to be broader and and more accepting. And, and um, so, but I think we're in that transition. But what's happening is that there's been a big, huge spotlight for the past couple of years put on uh, just how far we haven't come as a society. And and so it, it, it's kind of even more of a lesson right now is we're, we're seeing who we are, we're seeing who we want to be, and we're seeing how far we've got to go to get there, I think. I mean, am I, do you feel like I'm off base with that one, Christina, or do you kind of, do you see where I'm going with that concept at least, or... No, no. I think the thing, and I was talking about this the other day, is the fact that with social media, with camera phones, like, Mm -hmm. we've been telling these stories for years. Like, we've been, and so many people are like, oh, stop playing the race card. Why do you have to make everything about race? It's not, and it's like, no. Like, if I could just go through the world as Christina Ariel, the fun-loving who I am, Mm -hmm. like, without having to deal with the bullshit, I promise you I would. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but I don't have the luxury of that. And no, you got to get people and scrap. to see that. And it's like we're still like screaming at the top of our lungs, but now it's like, oh, like I don't believe you because that's not my experience. Mm-hmm. But as more videos come out, but as people are seeing it, like, hell, if you want to see if this shit still exists, just go to my Twitter one day. Mm. Like, the like the level of, like, hateful things, and people are always like, oh, no, it's a troll. And I'm like, no, there are literal people that think like this. Mm-hmm. Because the trolls, like, those ideas have to come from somewhere. Those mm-hmm. ideations are built into our society. The systematic structure of what we are is, like, built on the backs of suffering of other people. And it's not that people want to talk about it all the time. It's just that we want people to understand but then sometimes you share your experience and people are like like there's people who are quote unquote woke but they will talk over your experience it's like i I don't want your opinion i want you to hear my experience yeah then we can talk from there but it's now people are starting to actually listen and that's where the change actually comes is not just listening but helping to change it, but calling it out when you see it, mm-hmm. not just when your black friend is there, but calling those things out as they show themselves and mm-hmm. stopping it. Because, and so much of it is learned behavior, and people don't even realize it, like that they're, that's just what they've heard at home. And they're like, oh, it's just a joke. And so often people are like, it's just a joke, it's just a joke. Well, your joke is hurting me. Right. Your joke is insulting me as a person. And it's like, there, I always like the saying, I'll, accept, I'll respect your opinion as long as it doesn't disrespect my existence. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, that's the thing I'm, is, like, I, I've, I've heard on several occasions, well, you know, like you were just saying, it's just, I was just joking, I'm just joking. You, you don't get to uh, dictate how I receive the information. You, you can go ahead and say, say whatever you think you're going to say, and you can you know, be in whatever mood you think you're going to be in, but you don't get to dictate how I, I feel as a response to it. So there's times where people will throw those comments out there. Oh, I'm just joking. You don't realize just how much you just slapped me in the face. and You don't get to say yeah, that. And it, your so intent the, doesn't change the impact. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more if I tried. And it's wild to see like now like people trying to to shift that understanding, but just as much as that, as people are seeing that that's what we deal with, mm-hmm. they're seeing that there's people who they've sat at a table with. Mm-hmm. There's people who they're related to who have these ideas that are extremely emboldened because they have a keyboard to hide behind oh, God, yeah. and a president to hide behind to <laughs> say the most hateful vitriolic shit and say it like it's normal and acceptable. And it's so, it's, so insane to me, especially like seeing people like on Facebook is like the number one place where I'm just like, do not go there. But <laughs> yes. seeing people it's that the I went to high school with or like seeing parents of friends that I had who I sat at their table, I spent the night at their house, mm-hmm. like talk about minorities in the nastiest kind of way. And mm-hmm. it's like, yo. I wish I could regurgitate your food right now. That's how bad this makes me feel. Ugh. That was 15 years ago. Yeah. But it's like people act like it. They're like, oh, well, that's just their opinion. No, this opinion is something that gets people killed. This is an opinion that leads to people being desensitized to children suffering and being in cages. Like, this is like, this is not right. No. Like, they're, and it's done so many times in the name of like, Christ love, and like this is what Jesus would want. It's like Jesus hung out with the whores. 
Jesus hung out with the lepers. Yeah. Jesus hung out with those who were other. Like, he wasn't out there like, judgment, judgment, judgment. He would love people as they are, meet people where they are. And that's one of the things that we've forgotten, is to meet people where they are. It's Mm -hmm. not about where someone is. Because I've been at my lowest. I've lived in my car. I, like, have been the person that nobody would want to be around. To come to where I am now, like, that's why that imposter syndrome sets in very heavily, because you feel like still that person. But because people have been accepting, because I've had love, because I've been fostered in that, you can grow as a person, you can grow, you can change, you can be better, but we have to stop seeing, like, this whole other situation is destroying us Mm -hmm. because that feeling of being better and being above and feeling like if this person gets some more, then I'm less than. And it's like, no, like someone else's success doesn't take away from your success. Someone you know what? That was a, a job doesn't mean that was your job to lose. Right. And I, I've heard that kind of a quote on several occasions. And you made a comment because you and I were chatting through Twitter uh, recently just to confirm for the interview. And you had made mention of that. And I just I love that line just because this person is getting the respect that they deserve doesn't mean that you're losing out. It doesn't mean you're, it's being taken out of a pile that's in front of you to, to support this person. Everybody gets to share in that that love and that acceptance. And, and, and I think that's that's the message. If, if any other message has to get across, that's the one, because we have so much greed, uh, you know, not just financial greed, but greed for attention, greed for ego, greed for position, um, that people don't understand that basic concept that just because this person who has been marginalized and shoved into the corner and, and berated and made to feel small, just because they're getting that, that they're, they're finally getting that chance to stand out in the open and say, this is who I am, doesn't take away from your identity. It's, I, I think that's, that's the best point I've heard yet. There's a saying my brother uses I have always liked, and I, I think it it's sort of fits in this position. Mm-hmm. It's uh, blowing, someone, or blowing someone else's candle out doesn't make yours burn any brighter. Yeah. And it's a, simpli- it's a simplified way of saying it, but I think it fits. It, it does. It does fit. So I'm glad you, you brought that up, Christina. Thank you for that one. Um, and, I, and it helps me appreciate what you've gone through uh, to be able to see stuff like that. Now, I'm going to make a very jarring redirect at this point because I think we can take a lot of the stuff we've been talking about for the past few minutes and kind of lace it back in. How about those games? How about those games that we were <laughs> I you know I, I love no, I love stuff like this because people who um, ensconce themselves in 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 their gaming and and in you know online and watching critical role and watching all this stuff and being a part of the nerd culture uh, sometimes they can kind of use that as a shield to blind themselves to what's really going on around you can kind of create a world around yourself and you can you can mesh the people that are around you into this into this narrative and it just proves that people are more alike than they are oh, different seriously i mean even Absolutely. like i said i was one of 55 white kids in, uh-huh. uh, in a mostly black school and i still had my group of nerds yeah and and, and nerd nerddom is is universal mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and it now is 100% yeah nerddom is universal and and you know when when you see it you know people are like oh you know there's the stereotypes but there's also the the odd man out, and I'll, I'll refer to, to uh, Vin Diesel, Joe Manganiello, you know, those guys. Who just you're, You look at them, you're like, no, I don't see a nerd. Well, you're not supposed to. A nerd's just going to be. Because a nerd doesn't have a look. Exactly. <laughs> Bingo. Um, now, the stereotypical nerd has a look. Oh, but yeah. That's, that's, once again, falling back into 
Like, I've got told all the time, like, you can't be a nerd because you're this or you're blah, 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 or you're mm-hmm. marginally attractive. It's like, just because my face is symmetrical doesn't make me any less good at games. <laughs> I, you know, it was funny, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, I've been playing D&D since I was 18, I think is when I first played, and that was 31 years ago now, almost 31 years ago. Yikes, I'm old. Um, <laughs> and, and I remember the very first few games that I played for the first couple of years, we were in college, we're in the dorms, and it was like four or five guys, and we're all in, you know, entrapped in the, in the one dorm room, and we didn't, we didn't want people to know we were in there playing, we just wanted to be left alone so we could do our thing, and I remember, like, I think it was my junior year is when the first girl joined us, and we were like, ooh, this is a novelty, this is strange, oh, we shouldn't let the girl in. And what a lesson that was. She was so much better at it than we were. And I think that's I think that's why we're so resistant. She was so much better at it than we were. Uh, you know, well, that was the thing is we were so we had our own version of role play. And then you had somebody who was actually she was a theater student and she came in and boy, she schooled me. You know, that was amazing. Uh, and but it, it's how the evolution has transpired now. Uh, you know, Tanya, to my, my my beloved best friend here to my right, she's our current dungeon master. <laughs> And uh, she's going to be trying to kill me today, as a matter oh, of fact. Oh, I've been trying to kill the party for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm sorry. You guys well, I haven't been around. Giant... I've, been, I've been busy, so I haven't been around yes, to be a target. No, ty- yeah, Tyler. <laughs> I'm tired. Which, which child are we talking about? Uh, oh, it was my oldest one. Yeah, your oldest. Yes. My but... oldest just graduated from high school. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, but, you know, a lot of the stuff that we were just talking about in, in the, the the core of this conversation today now transpires over and transfers over into gaming because we see this gatekeeping going on and we see the you know the judgment you know the people who are entrenched in the culture are like well you know what can what can we accept and what can't we accept and you know then they have to judge it when the whole the answer is is it's not what you accept it's how it should be you know do now you've only been at it for a couple of years at this point Christina but have you kind of have you have you noticed that at all or or you've surrounded yourself with some really kind of wide-minded people <laughs> you're funny um no <laughs> looks are everything the, like here's the thing yeah. uh, gatekeeping is a thing mm-hmm. and of course more of my gatekeeping is online because one people are afraid of me and no one's going to say it to my face oh absolutely but, um <laughs> it's one of those things where it still exists and it's still prevalent because people feel it's a, it's again one of those situations where people can feel like something is being taken away mm-hmm. and it's like, well, this was my safe place. And where were you when we were being mocked and in a basement and it's like being mocked for different things. Mm-hmm. And some people, instead of taking that pain and using it to become more inclusive and to say, Hey, come join us, come join us. They use it as, oh, no, like, this is mine. This is mine. Like, you're not going to take this from me. And what about, I don't want all these people who are quote-unquote cool. And it's like, you're cool too, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, this didn't make you any less cool or uncool. Your attitude is what does that. Right. But people get very protective of what's been their safe space. And women, minorities coming in make some people feel a type of way. Because it's even like people who are always like, oh, I hate the celebrity culture of D&D right now. And I hate this, 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 this. And it's like, no, like you love something. You want to scream that you love this thing. You want to share it with the world. Mm-hmm. It's how one would ideally think. But people are so afraid because of the judgment that they dealt with, because they were hiding in a basement versus like now people have 
basement dungeons that are cool. Manganello, <laughs> freaking beholder on the wall. Yeah. Like, I mean, but it's, it's easy to want to keep others out when you yourself felt kept out. Like, now you are like, I control the gate, and I don't want anybody in, and girls can't play this game, and these people can't play this game. It's like, why? Why wouldn't you want your game to be more well-rounded? Like, mm-hmm. I remember when we played with uh, Matthew Lillard came on Siren, and he's like, I don't really play with, like, a lot of women. He's like, that. He's like, you guys are, like, singing and making up songs and – like, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, people, you get so much more of a well-rounded adventure because you have people who have different experiences. Yeah. This is a game where you live experiences, where you go on adventures. So you, why would you not want to include people who might make that adventure more interesting, who might, instead of wanting to battle, be able to use wit to get you out of a fight? Mm-hmm. Like, those things are important, but that fear will keep more people out than it's going to invite in. Can I tell you, Tanya, I, I love this woman the more I hear her talk. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just it's the way to look at it. This, this is the way to look at the world. Every, you know, we have this huge swath of humanity around us. Why are we picking and choosing? You well, know? I think people are afraid of what they don't understand. And so, therefore, they're, mm-hmm. they're just quick to, to shut it down and, yeah. and judge because they don't understand it. It's like, I know my mom on a daily basis will say, what's this about? Does anybody win? I'm like, well, I didn't die tonight. So, yeah, I take that as a win type <laughs> thing. Just, but, you've been playing for how long and she still asks those questions? That's well, phenomenal. It's, just, it's something, it's a different generation. She <laughs> yeah. just doesn't get it. I mean, I didn't start playing until, I want to say, 92 or 93. 92, 93, okay. Something like that. Because um, I know I was that's when we met was 94 mm-hmm. then we when uh we started playing at your mom's house or wh- wherever we were i think it was your mom's house it was at my mom's house i don't remember it's all blurred but, at this point but i'm like what is this because i had a sheltered experience uh, sheltered mm-hmm. life because i was an only child i grew up in the country mm-hmm. so i i didn't know what it was but there were people in my high school that played but mm-hmm. they, it was behind closed doors it was that type of the 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 stigma at that time. So right. it's like, but there's still those man, doors are open now. Those doors are open now, and I we, mean, my students call me a nerd on a daily basis. They're like, "Oh, you're such a nerd." I'm like, "Yeah, what about it?" Yeah, I'm proud like, of it. I'm proud of it, type thing. And uh, um, actually, one of my students over the last couple of weeks, you go, I had my monkey business hoodie on mm-hmm. a couple of Fridays ago, and he came in on Monday and he goes, "Hey, I listened to your podcast." I'm like, "You did." He goes, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he rattled off. I'm like, oh, what'd you think? And he gave me the thumbs up. This is a kid that normally doesn't communicate very much. See, there you go. But, but he went and did it. And they're like, he goes, you're a nerd. I'm like, I'm damn proud of it. There you go. Type thing. So Absolutely. What of it now? <laughs> yeah. uh. There's so much to meeting people where they are, too. Because you think about even with D&D, like I mm-hmm. didn't, I wasn't going to be the person that learned from just sitting down with the book like Mm -hmm. i needed the experience like there's people who learn by seeing there's people who learn by doing but there's also something to like finding out like like when i sold cars i told y'all i've done everything it's weird (laughs) i used to sell cars and so on my desk i had like a tardis and i had all of these things that were like parts of my interest and the number of people who like i remember everybody used to make fun of me for having that kind of stuff on my desk but the number of people that came in and were like, hey, I want to do business with you because I can relate. Mm-hmm. Like, relating to people is such a, an underrated thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yes, we share this interest. This is something that 
like, I, I see you more as a person. Like, to that kid, you became more than a teacher. To that kid, you became someone who understands probably a part of him that most adults don't. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's so much to that and just what understanding can do for people. We're adopting her into our and tribe. This, I Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> or, or, or if we're lucky enough, she'll adopt us into hers. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> Oh, listen, once I talk to you, you're my friend. That's it. Oh, I'm so excited to hear you say that. (laughs) I did friend you on Facebook today. Oh, yay. I think I did, too. I did see that. I was like, like, wait a minute. I said, like, I get very weird about Facebook kind of thing, because it's like... That was me at the beginning. Are you doing this to be mean to me, or are you actually trying to be my friend? I would love to be your friend. Yeah, I mean, because people that we interview and things like that, I want to get to know more about them and things like that, and Mm -hmm. I was watching the video of you dancing as uh, Batgirl yeah. this morning. We were watching that like, this morning and getting I'm an absolute like, oh kick God, out of it. I love her. I'm like the Captain Marvel outfit. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, it, it, she, she's part of my tribe. That's it. I'm like, I, you know, it honestly, well, it Christine. Funny. Even Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead, hon. Oh, no. Like with me being pregnant, like a lot of people were like, oh, like that sucks that your career is over, that you're going to stop like, no, gaming, you're going to stop dressing up in costumes because you're going to be someone's mom. And it's like, oh, yes, I have stopped to exist as a person. <laughs> and when that was one of the things like was that was uh, even Greg Tito was saying when I played in The Descent was like, well, one, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It was very hard to sit for two hours straight with a human on your bladder. But <laughs> I did it. And it's like, no, like nothing stops you. Like this doesn't hinder me. This makes me stronger. If anything, I'm filled with so much more righteous indignation at this point in my life. Because it's like, I'm going to raise the next generation of men, and I need to do good at it. I need to make sure that I don't stop speaking, that I don't lose my voice, that I continue to do the things that I love. Mm-hmm. And so if that means that I squeeze my six, and a six almost seven-month pregnant body into a costume and dance because that's who I am as a person, I'm going to keep doing that thing. Because More it brings me joy. I'm you. not going to stop doing the things that bring me joy because I made a person. That's Actually, it. Actually, think about it. Because I made a person. Yes. <laughs> That's, and, you know, I've helped raise two teenagers, right? And they're both deep, <laughs> saturated into the nerd culture. My, my daughter, who just, like I was mentioned on several occasions, she just graduated. She's going into uh, a community college to start doing all of her core work. But her goal is she wants to you know, go to and get a degree in creative writing and, and learn theater and wants to understand how to communicate thoughts and ideas and imagination to people and I'm like I could I couldn't have asked for anything more cooler than that and and my son you know he's a video game nerd he's gonna lock himself in his room play you know play World of Warcraft for as long as possible whenever he gets a chance but he also learns music and he wants to share gaming and he wants to talk to people and he wants and there's not a single person on the planet he's afraid to talk to he'll just and anybody so I hope that I've at least tried to do my bit to make sure the next generation is better off than the one that I'm a part of you know so it's it's paying it forward and you're doing that you're paying it forward you're showing people you're just you're unstoppable and I think that's fantastic it's kind of cool to hear people say about me. You know, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta be, and and you know, it goes without saying. But if you ever find yourself in Western New York, you're absolutely invited to our table. You know, we would love to have you on board with us. Uh, I, don't gifts. invite me to a table because I'm down. I jump at all opportunities to be like, yeah, I'm a game. Well, you you will find that that was not a uh, just that's a passing a comment. That that's not a joke. Yeah, it's serious. If you ever find yourself in, the, if we ever actually get a chance to get you into a town for our convention, uh, we'll we'll set one up for you. You know, we'll we'll come up with a one shot or something. We'll make it happen. It would be nice to have somebody else for a time to just shoot at other than me. No, actually, I want to play. Someone else is DMing. Okay, well, it'll probably be your husband. I think we yeah. get Randy to. You to... know, it's really funny. 
and all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've still never been officially invited to a convention. Have you really? Never? Yeah. Oh, well, no. that, that just changed not, just now. I've, like, I've, I've been on a panel, like, in a, in a, hey, will you speak on my panel? Like, but never by, like, a convention that's like, hey, come to our convention. So that's pretty cool for me. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're, we'll work it out. If we can get you in, you know, maybe not 2020, but definitely 2021 if, if 2020 doesn't work out. But we'll, uh, Tanya is our VAP liaison, so we'll get in touch with you on that one. So we'll make it, we're going to say we're inviting you to our convention. I am a very interesting person, Tanya. <laughs> I, I'm finding that out today. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is, and these guys will tell you, I'm not a gaming nerd. That's one of the spots that I'm not strong in, and I think you're fantastic. I would love to Aww. meet you and talk with you. I, I think you're fascinating and really interesting and and would really like to meet you at our conventions. So. I think that's a thing. Billy's big Aww, thing is, is uh, comic books and music. Yeah. Uh, those are his two. Those, those are his catnip. Oh, I can talk to you about those things as, one, a very great bard, also crowned by D&D Beyond, bard of superior inspiration. Ooh. Because I sang the greatest love of all at the D&D Mixer. For- <laughs> <laughs> Strangely enough, uh, greatest love of all, was that originally George Benson? No, he did on Broadway. Greatest love- Who did the original version of Greatest Love of All? Oh, I can't. I can't. Whit- no, there, there no, was Whit- a version Whit- before Whitney. Yeah, Whitney's was a remake of the original, and I can I know who you're talking about. I can't think of the person. I think it was actually a female. Yeah. I I, uh, no, well, no, I know, like, the... the... I'm on it. There goes Tanya. Tanya's got the computer. She's the one now. She's, she's Googling at this point. I want. It's not Dionne Warwick. No, Natalie Cole? No. It was George Benson. George Benson? Was it George Benson? Because he's in town for our jazz festival this yes. week. Yes. Yep. She got it faster than me. That, that's why I, I and actually, I will always love you with the remake of Dolly, who I yep. love because mm-hmm. I ended up doing that play. I was in the best little whorehouse in Texas. Oh, fantastic! That's a great, that's a fun it's show to be a part of. My first professional play. Okay. It was not the greatest because I had a love scene where I was upside down. For there's this great part of it. Okay, this is my favorite thing. If I ever hear the word intermission, I have to say it because it gets in my head. There's this part where the chicken ranch gets raided. They're like, and so they're off in racing, and now the shit has hit the fan. They <laughs> caught that sheriff dead to right side negative watch off man. Right now we leave the chicken ranch in terrible condition, but we'll be back to tell you more right after intermission. <laughs> and <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So it's, uh, that's, I, I, so I need that's, that now. I love thinking about that memory. That is, that's a great one, too. Um, what are your current projects? What are you working on right now, other than, you know, brewing a baby? Baking a baby. Baking a baby. Brewing a baby. Not brewing it. You're not brewing? No. Baking? Bun in the oven. Bun That's a baking reference. So Got it. So, anyway. Yeah, baking. Baking. Go without saying. Um, so, what, what, so, what are some of the things you're working on right now? Um, right now, um, mostly working on making a human. Yeah. But I uh, just did the show Starting Role, uh, which is with Gamma Ray TV. So I've got an interview coming out with them talking about my favorite game in the world, okay. which was the first tabletop game I ever really had, which was the X-Men board game from okay. 1992. And I also will, I'm playing another game with them on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sirens will be coming back soon. Satine's got a lot going on with Gilding Light. And she is just everywhere. I don't know if you've been paying attention. She's got a new travel show that's based in fantasy with, uh, Stephen Porkinoy. Right, yeah, I have uh, been following like her on Twitter on that one. Yeah, yep. she's she's the girl is a is a machine. I I get that. I'm uh, she's a very fearsome presence, formidable presence. I don't fearsome because I don't think she's she, she doesn't really 
want to cause fear. So, um, I mean, you've never been you've never been down to saving throws with her. So I'm gonna say that there's a healthy amount of fear. Okay, fair enough. I'll take that. I will <laughs> she take that. Killed me on my birthday. So no mercy birthday, even on birthdays, huh? Promised me. Uh-huh. No, because she literally said to me before the game, "I won't kill you. It's your birthday," and I <laughs> believed her like an idiot. Fell into the classic blender. Really... And next thing I know, and I'm a cleric. My dumb self didn't think to heal myself. <laughs> oh jeez, because you were that. Ma- you were. Yeah, I've done I've been, that too. <laughs> I've done, there, that, done too. that too. My my current character is a I ranger druid I though. Heal so <laughs> I remember stuff like that. <laughs> I my my whole thing is I have second level spells. <laughs> Oh, that's that was Jules's thing. My my daughter is because I, I DM a game for my kids and some of their friends now because I'm trying to teach the next generation how to get into it. And we're doing fifth edition, and uh, my daughter's playing an elven wizard. And in the last game, she actually said the sentence, "Oh, I've got a third level spell. I didn't know." And I'm like, "Oh, here we go." You know. You know what? I've been there, done that. Yeah, I, we all I have. Did we all realize have. that. And this was when we were playing, um, I think, second edition mm-hmm. back, uh, I can't, so many eons ago. I started with a red box. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're old. I am. How <laughs> I'm not gray boggles my imagination, I got to tell gray. you. But it was just like, uh, just not knowing all the nuances and the rules and mm-hmm. stuff at that point, and that the books are so wordy. And I was third level, and I thought I had to be fourth level to get second level spells. But I was truly, I had just gone to fourth level, not realizing at third level that I had those second level I spells. Can, I've been playing this game for over 30 years, and I could barely keep up with that sentence. <laughs> and I just got flipped off. Nice! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a matter of like, oh, like we leveled, we got to fourth level. And I'm like, uh-huh. yes, I have second level spells now. They're like, Tanya, you had second level spells last level. I'm like, yeah. oops. Oh. They're like, how much have you been drinking? I'm like, I haven't. <laughs> so, so who who else is in Sirens? I, I apologize. I have not I caught up with that, that one as much. So you have Satine as the DM. Satine is the DM. Uh-huh. It's myself, uh, Vivit Vizca, who is Ghost. Okay. Jason Charles Miller, who is Brig Hillclaw. Mm-hmm. We also have Kenley Shea, who plays Zaris. She's a monster hunter. Okay. And we have uh, Kelly Lindy Angelo, who is also... She plays our Faelor, but she's also the DM of Girls Got Glory. She's uh, um, also an extremely talented writer. She's written for My Little Pony. She's got a musical that just debuted in New York uh, that's about Vincent Van Gogh, and it's called Starry. And she like that her like brainchild baby. She's like one of the most ingenious humans I've ever met in my entire life. She also played in The Descent. She was the um, I don't even know what to call her, but she came up on stage with like soot all over her face and a page boy and a crazy accent, and it was the most fitting thing. (laughs) But um, oh, and also Cynthia Marie, who Mm -hmm. is on Sirens, but she's also on LA by Night on Geek and Sundry. Okay, so she um, yeah, we've got a, a really talented group of people, and but the funny thing is, like this in this even in the last year, like from. The from the what was it called? Why am I drawing complete? I've got pregnancy brain. Sorry, it's all right. But from from last year's D and D live to this year's D and D live, just the growth of us as a family and our show and the progression, and mm-hmm. just the team as a storyteller and the adventure she sends us on. It's been such a growing experience. Like I've like that care that show and that character will always mean the world to me because they're my first. Like that's my first campaign. That mm-hmm. is my first experience with this family and it's it's incredible to just 
oh, I love those people. Like, it's crazy. Like, you look at your relationship, even I'm sure with Tanya, like mm-hmm. how much those people become your family. I did an interview with Brennan Lee Mulligan on an Adventure Academy for a dropout in college humor a couple weeks ago. And one of the things we talked about is how fantasy becomes family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane to think about how these people, like, you may not have had a, a like, fully developed relationship with, you sit down at the table with for three plus hours and all of a sudden like you care about each other's well being, you care like what their day was like. You are family. Like you have each other's back in this way. You are bonded as if you really did slay a dragon together. Like that's it's such a beautiful thing. And that sense of community that we get out of this game that we play. Yeah. Like that this game could create this community where you like, even in my online D&D community, like, I could have the worst day, and but I'm sure people think I overshare to a certain extent on Twitter, but the <laughs> thing is, we all are a part of each other's lives, and even with my pregnancy, like, it's such a big deal for me, like, being told I couldn't get pregnant, and then getting pregnant, and having just, like, this kind of experience, like, mm-hmm. I want to document all of it, like, this is my This is my life, and I want to share it. Sorts. But, like, the support that I've gotten, mm-hmm. because there's other people who have endometriosis who thought they wouldn't have children, who are hopeful through that, or who have had this same experience. And you find so many shared experiences with each other and this common ground online and at the table. And we've become this support system where I do refer to my online friends as friend friends. Oh, yeah. I have several. I probably spend more time with them because I'm leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've been doing online gaming forever. I did text-based gaming back when I was in college in the '90s, and you know, mushes and muds and all the, the little online role-playing games. There are people on the West Coast who I consider some of my best friends, and I've never met them face to face. I was like that with Shelly Montenoble. Mm-hmm. I like fell in love with her on like a on a interview. And I was like, They're my best friend. I love you forever. You like Real Housewives too. <laughs> it's like that. And also when I played World of Warcraft, that's the other little known fact. Oh, yeah. That was one of my first hardcore gaming experiences. But that was like I had to wean myself off that thing because I just got recently. Oh, I got Tanya addicted to it recently. Life. Finally, I hate Christopher. Yes, because she finally she finally knuckled in. What's it? It's been about a year. It's been a year. It's been it's a year 13 since months since 13 May months of last year. And I so started. I finally, after 14 years of this game being around, I finally got Tanya into it, and now she plays more than I do. So I'm just I'm just throwing, I'm just well, throwing it out there. It's an observation. Because, that's all. Because everyone in the guild's like, "Oh, you're doing old stuff." I'm like, "You forget that old stuff is new stuff for me." There you go. So, so, <laughs> so I'm. I, Eight plus hours yesterday. I don't playing. have wow. a flying mount yet. <laughs> no, I'm trying to fly in Draenor. I'm working on that one. I was the flying mount because I had the yes. uh, the sands of time vial, so I was able to turn myself into the sandstone drake, and then I would just carry her around to various places so she could get the quests done. That's okay. The other night, <laughs> jumping onto the sandstone drake, I had turned uh-huh. into it in uh-huh. um, that that Black Temple raid. Right. And I was coming through to go to that second boss. Uh-huh. Doesn't one of the raid members jump on my back? Yeah, and of course. Kept yeah. on going. I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to catch a ride. I'm just like, wait, is this how Chris felt? <laughs> no, see, because you you didn't mean to. I I actually did it intentionally so I could help you out. I know that was there's a difference. But it was just there. funny because we came through the door to get up to the next monster. He jumped mm-hmm. on my back and we kept on going, but I couldn't fly. Oh my god! So. Well, you know what? I could end up talking to this woman probably for the next three days straight. But, but she's probably going to have to. She's got there's a to little do. human sitting on. There's her a bladder. little human sitting on her bladder at the moment. <laughs> um, 
Christina, obviously, we're going to keep tabs. We want to keep in touch. We're going to wish you the best. A lot of love, a lot of uh, a lot of success in your your big adventure coming up in in 13 weeks. Uh, we're going to be cheering for you from the cheap seats right along with everybody else. Uh, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation, and I want to thank you again for spending some time with us this morning. I appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's, it's something I've, I've had it on my calendar and been looking forward to it. And I didn't even sleep last night because I was like, I'm just going to stay up till it's time to do the thing. Oh, how'd that work out for you? I'm tired. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna let you get some rest, but I really appreciate your time, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the in the future. Uh, we'll we'll keep in touch through uh, the, all the usual social media channels. We'll be like I said, we'll be cheering for you from the cheap seats. Uh, so this has been Christina Ariel. And follow her on Twitter. Do you have Do you have a website or is it Twitter and Instagram things like that? Yeah, and it's just uh, Christina Ariel K R Y S T I N A A R I E L L E on all the things. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Twitters. I'm on the Instagrams. I have a fan page on Facebook. That's such a weird thing to say. That's like <laughs> I hate calling people fans. It's like just be my friend. That's weird. Yeah. You know? It's like I feel like I'm like I'm not like I'm not famous. I'm not. I'm just like a chick that does stuff she loves all the time. That's it. And we just want to that's share it with that. everybody. That's that's how we, we feel when some when somebody actually comes up and talks to us about the podcast and how much they've been listening to it and how much they love it. It's like we're just wanting to share. We're we're not we're not better. We're not above. We're just sharing. That's all. We just have this avenue, and we're going to make the most of it. So. I just love that. I'm like looking at the um, picture from Twitch mm-hmm. from Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. I'm just loving the 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 cosplay while you're gaming. She, I, <laughs> she's in this white dress with a crown and and great jewelry and everything. It's just like it it helps you get into the character. Oh yeah, we've done it. Well, Ariza is very fancy. Even at the, I wore a. The, I have this big full plush like Catherine Delish robe. Oh nice. That I wore to like the stream of many eyes, and I was like in a tiara. And I could, because there's, of course, one of my wondrous items is a cloak of many fashions where you can change your clothes. Oh, cool. So, but my character, she's an Athamar cleric bard. And for me, that means she fancy. Yeah. She so, fancy. She's she glows. An, she, yeah. That is, she, that's somebody who's going to get the this, point across. This golden aura probably around her character. She walks into the room and my character's already making will saves just automatically convert to her religion right there on the spot. Well, that's it's basically kind of, it's it. It's kind of like my uh, sorcerer on... Uh, on Thursday nights that has like the 28 oh, charisma. Oh, see, that's point. Pathfinder. That's, that's cheating. I'm not, yes. I'm not going there right now. <laughs> that, that game's broken. Well, I, <laughs> well, we're in hell right now. The last game we went to, we're in Avernus. Uh-huh. And I, so Satine and all of her all knowing I'm going to mess with you, Glory, she clipped my connection to my Deva. So Uh-oh. I have no connection to the spirit world. I'm, a, I'm an Asimar with no religion in hell just wit and will just wit and will you've got yeah, this I've, I've like i i completely end up going blank my character's just like completely lost who she is because she's got no like that structure that she always had that mm-hmm. deva like because she would always get possessed by her deva and send messages but she never remembers the messages but the party always hears the messages got it. and so now she's got no connection to the spirit realm in any way shape or form so we're going to see how that goes <laughs> She's still cute, though. Well, there you go. See? <laughs> they she, can't take that away. She's still fancy. No! <laughs> it's wit and will, and you've got this. We're, we're cheering for you. We know you're going to be okay. I am a Ravenclaw. Wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a Hufflepuff. I found out. I always thought I was a Gryffindor, but then I was educated otherwise. When my kids did Pottermore, I, I, I jumped I in and I'm did Ravenclaw. my. You're Ravenclaw, yeah. Both both of my kids are Hufflepuff. Oh, well, no. My daughter is Hufflepuff. My son is Ravenclaw, which blew yeah. my mind because he never does his homework. Yeah, I'm so. definitely a Ravenclaw. <laughs> All right. I was My husband surprised. was a Gryffindor, and the whole time he took his test, I was like slithering. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, why would you think that? I was like, why should you be a Slytherin? He wasn't a Slytherin, and I felt bad. <laughs> Maybe oh, he just, just channeled, not a Slytherin, not a Slytherin, not there a Slytherin. There it is. <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, we're gonna say our farewells. As you can tell, as you can tell, Christine, I'm, I'm I'm half Italian, so it takes me half an hour to say goodbye. It's it's just one of those genetic oh. things. One of those genetic Hard things. Same. I'm really... All right. All and, right. Thank you guys again for having me. This has truly been a pleasure. Oh, I really you. enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. You, you are very Take welcome. Care. We'll talk soon again. Take care. She is phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Oh my God, she's amazing. Now I can't wait to go home and play. I know. Seriously. I want to now. Well, you haven't played in like four weeks. I haven't weeks. played. In, yeah, it's been like a month and a half since I played. Are we Are we back in? My chat? Um, okay. We're still going to break. I'm, okay. I'm finding just the right thing to bring us back, hopefully. Okay. Oh, so we're still break going out yeah. to break? We're, we're still, still going to break. We're chatting away. <laughs> we're chatting. Okay. Here, oh, here wait, we go. Wait. <gasps> she uh. accepted my friend request. Yay. Yay. Thank you, Christina. Right in the magic world of immigrants. Oh. Crooked Harry, can't be trusted. Voldemort, great guy. Right in the magic world of immigrants. Crooked Harry, can't be trusted. There we go. I found Donald Trump <laughs> being pro-Voldemort for you. Of pro course. I tell you. I just hit the button wrong. So now we're back. Are we really? Yeah, unless you, you want more music, I can. <laughs> no, no, we're music. good. We're Here good. we go. Let's we're do good. this music again. Littered. Hang on. It's a sing-along. This is the time. This is the place. And this is FC3 Monkey Business. Your Part one-stop two, three. shop for everything geeky. And, and since everything's, everything's geeky, geeky if you love, love it enough, enough, you never know what you're going to get. We are never back. know what you're going to get. <laughs> We're going to get the intro again for the third part. Hey, I'm pretty impressed that I could do that one. That was amazing, that. though. That was such I a great conversation. I, I loved it, to be honest with you. That conversation I didn't know was, half of what you were saying, but I loved it. Oh, the, the directions that we took it in, you know, were unexpected. But that's that's those are the best because it was just an actual conversation. We're not scripted or anything. Mm -hmm. And and she's just so insightful on things that because she, she can bring a whole different perspective. I mean, it's oh my god! It was just that was a great conversation. That was a great interview. I so had fun the with that. seven. So the seven pages of notes I typed up. Yeah, they did were absolutely right. no good. No, I, I used half of page three. I'm sorry. Okay. So. No, and when she was talking um, partway through about like the, her the three teachers that she could remember, mm -hmm. her third grade teacher, and this and it was like. I was at the point where tears were going to stream down my face at that point. Well, th stuff like that. Because that shows that they made a connection. It's just mm -hmm. like just like the email I got from one of the moms this week mm -hmm. from Yeah, you were telling me about that, and yeah. And things like that and how much that we have made an impact in his life. That, and I'm like, I've got kids that call me mom at school. I have a student that calls me math mom. Math mom. Oh, That's cute. Math mom. I'm like, yes, math son. So it, it just, Shout outs like that are, are the Oscars. For a teacher, I, I remember my mom and how she would react when 
you know, down the road, the, you know, the children she taught when they were in fourth grade were now in college and, and moving on. And they would look back and, and do their shout out to Mrs. Frank and, and just how, how much that meant to her. And, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's like it's, that's, the, that's the payoff. When you know you have changed somebody's life for the better, that's the payoff. So those three women that she, caught, that she called out. Thank you, you know, to them. Thank you. Thank you to them. You know, on, on, you know, I'm sure Christine has probably said thank you to her on several occasions, but on, on her behalf, thank you. Because, you know, when you change somebody's life for the better like that, that's just, it's amazing. That's, that's it's, an amazing it's feeling. It's a huge impact, and then yeah. they know they're going to continue to pay it forward. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I feel like, I, I feel almost like... Um, you're coming Anti- down. Anticlimactic uh, just to jump into the business of things. The denouement. The denouement, as it were. <laughs> the denouement. Let's, let's go into our English terms. Right we're, now. we're now at the epilogue. There it is. The epilogue. Um, that, no, that's question no, of the week. That question of the week is oh, the okay. epilogue. We, right. We've already hit the climax, and so now we're going to the denouement. <laughs> climax. Okay. So, really? Said, what? <laughs> just, never mind. All right, so we have an event coming up. We do have an, We have a couple events. First, talk to me. Um, um, on Tuesdays. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, we have different game nights at the 585 Rock and Bar- Burger Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a card game night and we've had a dice game night as of now. Um, we're recording on Sunday and this is dropping on Wednesday. So we had our dice game last night on Tuesday. I caught the drunken video after the card game. <laughs> <laughs> slightly inebriated I, video. I was slightly inebriated of me mm-hmm. trying to make sure that my camera was. Um, it looks like you guys had fun. Oh, we, we did. did have we fun. We did have a good time. We did have fun. So um, come on down. They've got food specials and drink specials. And it's just a really relaxed atmosphere. Come on in. Bring any games with you. Um, get to meet new people. Um, and it's Tuesday nights, so I know on July 2nd we have um, specific board games. Um, I know I think we're going to grab Ticket to Ride and a couple mm-hmm. other things. And then June, J- June, July 9th is um, kid game night, so more um, geared towards um, families and kids and things like that. Oh, I know how to play Shoots and Ladders. Yeah. Do you have a copy of Shoots and Ladders? I don't think I do. Um, I have a copy of uh, Forbidden Island. Mm-hmm. And it's a relatively newer board game, but I, I saw Will Wheaton playing it on uh, Geek and Sundry with a couple of guys, and it looked really interesting. It's basically yeah, the we four, have it too. We ha- it, I haven't played it yet myself no. yet, but the four players, t- three to four players, uh, and you're you're playing against the deck of cards that manages the island. So the island itself is trying to kill you, and the four of you are trying to figure out how to work together to survive to get off and escape. It's kind of like a like a pandemic type yes. thing. Where, yes, a lot like it. So, I mean, we have, uh, also, we have Pandemic um, Legacy, not Legacy, we have Pandemic The Cure, we have mm-hmm. Pandemic, we have Pandemic Cthulhu, uh, um, where you're, it's a, you all work together. Um, so, yeah. So, so those are, those are our Tuesdays. Yes. We're, and we have this relationship of 585 Rockenburger Bar over on Pixley Road over by Tinseltown mm-hmm. uh, Movie Theater. Uh, and so Tuesdays are going to be game nights. We will be there. Uh, and we'll try to have some sort of a theme every so often. So mm-hmm. dice, board games, kid games, you know, whatever kind of... We'll, we'll have something going on at all times. So we'll see you there Tuesday nights. And uh, even more importantly, burgers. Burgers. And you know, good food. Oh, my God. They're chicken tacos. They Because it's Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So tacos are $2.00. So, but you got to get three of them. Right. Mm-hmm. So six bucks six. for. So, the chicken tacos were delicious. You and didn't get the garbage plate ball. I did. Chris did, did and he's they like, they were fantastic. He's awesome. like, I am never eating fried food again. Uh, I couldn't. I, my arteries were hardened for the next. And then there 30 were deep years. fried Twinkies that you. I, had. I, I did have a deep fried Twinkie. I did have a taste of the deep they fried Twinkie, but I didn't have like a full Twinkies, one myself. Deep, deep fried Snickers, deep mm-hmm. fried Twix. 
I think it was Twix. I, I had Twix at the state fair once. Yeah, I think delicious. they so they deep fried had, Oreos are amazing. I'm like, oh. I've had those. I had just a bite of the the, the um, Twinkie Twinkies cre- are creamy filling, and I'm just like, I can't do. I'm it. I'm not sure Frontier Field still has the deep fried Twinkies, but, but they did, and so yeah. now I want to go to a ball game just for that. And <laughs> out on, and they said out on their um, back patio, it's um, doggy friendly. Okay. Good so, to know. So um, bring out your puppers. and you tell, me, could, you tell me to bring Juno out for a social night is what I, you're saying? I think we got to wait for her to be a little more. Uh, a little bigger. And less skittish. Well, you know what? Here's the thing is part of making her less skittish is socializing her. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Well, Tuesday, Tuesday would be a better. Yeah, Tuesday because it's going to be a quieter night. You're not putting her in a mm-hmm. throng of people. But they do have. I, um, I do want to work on socializing. I think her. it was Dakota that was the through that came through the German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. I think his name was his or her name yes, was Dakota. I remember that. Yes, so, she yeah. was beautiful. Oh yeah, and just a love machine. Mm-hmm. Of course, as a good dog. So should be. that's on Tuesday night. So we have gaming, okay. and then July twenty seventh is going to be a busy day. During the day from ten to six, it's our twentieth annual. FC three minicon. I don't really twentieth annual. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what number are we on for. We're I think it's the fourth. It's the, the fourth, fourth minicon. We've we've done four big shows and we've now done the, four minis. This will be our fourth. This minicon. is our fourth mini. And uh, professional wrestler Dalton Castle yes. will be there, uh, signing autographs and taking pictures he from twelve to four. Twelve to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the minicon is that Saturday the twenty seventh from ten to 10 six. To six. Because after six o'clock, you're going to move from Grace Ridge Mall back to the five eight five to the five eight five Rock and Burger Bar for our cosplay karaoke from mm-hmm. six to eight o'clock, and that's going to be on their outdoor stage. And right. that space is amazing. It is cool looking. I like that. And then right after the cosplay karaoke is done, we're going to have the band Wicked, Wicked. coming in to play music until what ten. No, I think midnight. Midnight? All right. So we you basically have a full day with the Mighty Monkey Corporation ahead of you on, on July 27th. So come hang out, spend some time at Minicon, see some people sing karaoke, and then come play for and, and watch the band play. Cos, the cosplay karaoke event is $5 cover. There's yes. a 50-50 raffle. We yes. will have raffles um, of all geek and um, nerdy type and sundry. band stuff. Um, there is going to be a delectable dessert table. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some fried Oreos. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on I that. I still want to know if I get to sing American Pie. You could. Is it go into our Facebook page, or not our Facebook mm-hmm. page, but our um, web page mm-hmm. uh, to um, fc3roc.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Um, to find our link to sign up for cosplay karaoke. Okay. So, but yeah, absolutely, I, have yeah, to I, I like to sing. I know. I I'm want, not good at it, but I like doing you it. You know what? When Christina was talking about mm-hmm. "Greatest Love of All" from Whitney Houston, uh-huh. I was down in New York City, and I I can't remember how old I was, but I went into one of those like little recording studios in one of the department mm-hmm. stores. And I had a recording of me singing "Greatest Love of All" from Whitney Houston. I believe the children are Yeah, future. and you know what? I am so off key that let them lead the way. He's on his roll. Let him I go. Know. Let him go. Just George, go with George the flow. Benson's in town Thursday night. The jazz fest. Jazz fest. Will he sing that? Yeah, possible. I'm sure he will. It's one of his bigger songs. Oh, I love that song. All right, so moving on real quick. I, so I, I have a correction here that I got. I got to jump on. Oh, in regards to sponsors? Yes, I saw that just <laughs> it's now. It's not sponsorships. It's yeah. sponsors. But Re- I think now we have sponsorships. Well, also. yeah, to be on the safe side, the, <laughs> I think Dan enacted that particular email. But going forward, if you want to sponsor us Oops. and you want to get involved with the uh, the Mighty Monkey experience, it is sponsors 
plural at fc3roc.org not sponsorships because I was I just I was so excited to share that message that I didn't get the email right but that's me that was on me you didn't get the email I didn't get the email either <laughs> um, but sponsors at fc3.org uh, excuse me at fc3rock.org sponsors at fc3rock.org if I say it often enough maybe I'll, I'll even remember it uh, so that's one of those things so we have um, sponsorships we have patreon the patreon blog is about to start waking up a little bit more we've been getting our regular reports from james irish those are fun to read i gotta tell you they're so much fun to read he's just a great writer um now speaking of writing i'm going to be joining the patreon experience are uh, you supposed to i well i was supposed to be doing the little <laughs> blogs but i'm and i'm yeah, probably so I. and i'll probably be getting back to that eventually he's had a busy year i've had a little yeah it's been he's a little had stuff going on i've really? had a little bit of occupation um but in the near future i'm going to start posting little vignettes from um, that refer to a book that I've been working on for the past few years, so I'm going to be sharing some of my my uh, fiction, my science fiction, uh, with our blog readers. So look for that on our Patreon in the next couple of weeks because I'm going to start those up soon. I've been actually starting to tinkering with a few of them when I'm not writing something else or not going to work or not taking care of the dog and not raising kids. You know, when <laughs> somewhere along the line I've been able to start working on these. When you haven't slept. Oh, I never sleep, so that's okay. it works out really well. When you have a 24-hour day, you get to pack a lot of things into it. It's kind of cool. When you're not wasting eight hours sleeping. So, all right. So, with that being said, we have events, we have business, and now we have, this is the epilogue. We have our question of the week. Um, Billy Billy! Yes, sir. What is your favorite fictional mystery story, and why does it stand out for you? Oh, this is the one I hadn't thought about too much. Can Can you have oh. Tanya go first? I will have Tanya oh, go. I, no, actually, Wait. I do have one. I did right. think about it, and I do. Don't have leave my us answer. in suspense. I so do you have, have to remember, answer. Billy. Billy has cats, and uh-huh. so that's. I want to be outside. I want to be inside. I want to be outside. I want to be inside. Oh wait, I have an idea. <laughs> I, I've had lots of answers rolling through my head. But here's here's my my favorite answer. My favorite mystery story. Uh huh. The uh, because it, it made an impact. It taught me. How to Solve Mysteries, it's been a reference point for, for my whole life. Scooby-Doo. Nice. It's always taught me that the bad guy is old Mr. Wilkins at the amusement park. And he, they uh-huh. would have gotten away with it. If, if it, it hadn't been those, for those meddling kids. kids. It's and a pop culture reference that always works. As soon as you mention meddling kids, uh-huh. you know that they solved the mystery. <laughs> so whenever there's been a mystery, the first thing we should do mm-hmm. is call Arlene's costumes and see what masks have been bought lately. Exactly. exactly. That's yeah. it. So, especially and then we all have to get into costume. When I was a little kid, you know... I think I was like five when Scooby-Doo first started on TV. Mm-hmm. So I literally saw every episode of Scooby-Doo first run. That's awesome. And so just even at that young an age, it made an impact. To, that's how you do mysteries. That works. That so works a lot. And Encyclopedia Brown after that. See, I remember reading those. Encyclopedia Brown, Nancy Drew, The Hardy Boys. I read all that stuff. How about you, Tanya? Um... I, I'm going opposite. I'm going to um, a short story. It's called Lamb to the Slaughter by uh, Raul Dahl. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, Same guy behind uh, James and the Giant Peach, The Great Glass Gar- Elevator, Charlie and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Factory. Um, Danny the Champion of the World, great book. It, it's a s- troubling story of um, a young Mary Maloney that uh, her husband is a police officer, mm-hmm. and she finds out that her husband plans to divorce her. Um, think of 1950s housewife type thing where okay. you're always getting everything ready for the husband to come home and things like that. Um, she loves her husband, but she's a little p- 
pissed off that she's now going he's now planning on divorce her, divorcing her so what makes it more of a mystery is we know she kills him mm-hmm. we know who kills him however when the police come in to investigate it they can't figure out who kills them mm-hmm. because she uses the leg of lamb that was frozen right i remember that story now to to kill oh, him okay. And it's been a Twilight Zone episode. Or yes. was it Alfred Hitchcock? Alfred mission? Hitchcock. That's what yeah. it was. Alfred Hitchcock, and it was Barbara Geddes was the played Mary. Yes. And um, so what the mystery is, they create the suspense on um, um, the police trying to solve it, and they're like, well, "There's got to be a clue right underneath our nose." Well, they're eating it. Yeah. Because she cooks I remember it that up story now, yeah. for dinner, and then she's like, "Oh, he's gonna be. She was gonna be mad and whatever." So. Um, so it, it was just, I don't know what it is, just one of the ones that we read every year at work mm-hmm. because it gets them to start thinking about how suspense is built up in this. And they're like, they're like, how can the police not understand it? How can they can't, whatever? They're like, what about DNA? We're like, okay, remember, this is like 1950s mm-hmm. <laughs> type thing. They don't have everything of today. Yeah. I think in today's day and age, I don't know if it would continue to stand up to the test of time no, I don't know. with this the forensics now. Right. You wouldn't be able to, I don't think you'd be able to successfully modernize that because CSI would come through with their ultra uh, uber uh, scanner thingy and they'll be like oh it's lamb yeah and the blood going back to the blood the- on the wound is not just his it's mixed in with uh, the yes. the frozen blood of a leg of lamb and the leg the, the lamb was from Kansas and <laughs> they'll tell you all sorts of things yeah so all right that so we was got Scooby Doo we got what was the name of that one again Tony? called lamb to the slaughter lamb to the slaughter and who wrote that rolled down rolled down so we're sticking with the classics Scooby Doo rolled doll and then there would be my answer it would be the very first mystery I ever read, uh, and and that made an impact on me because it led me to read everything else about this particular author, and that would be... Is it Sherlock Holmes? You got it. Study in Scarlet, the second second Sherlock Holmes book ever written. Uh, and uh, was it Study in Scarlet or Gang of Four? Study in Scarlet. I think it was the first, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, from 1887-ish, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Uh, but that... Kind of, it caught my imagination, and it was so cool to watch Sherlock Holmes and you know read the how he kind of dismantled everything and picked it apart and figured out what was going on, uh, and how he was able to, to to see things. And it helped me it it helped me appreciate observation and and looking at details and whatnot. Uh, and then I read everything from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and then of course Jeremy Brett uh, portrayed it so brilliantly in the eighties uh, on PBS. And uh, now you know how can you not talk about Sherlock Holmes? Uh, and you got Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch, you know. So yeah, I want mm-hmm. bring that character to life. Is the one you just mentioned that uh, Jeremy Brett? You said mm-hmm. his name. Is it available on the streaming service? So I could watch it because I, I think love so. um, um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, this is Jeremy Brett played the classic 1800s, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Because I watched the Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce movies when mm-hmm. I was a kid growing up. They used to show them on. Channel 10 or something, mm-hmm. or Channel 31 on weekends. So, See, those classic movies were really good because of Basil Rathbone, but they always made, in my opinion, they always made Watson look like a bumbling idiot. Yeah. You know, yeah. where he really wasn't. He was just not, maybe not as shrewd as Holmes, but he was no dummy by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. He was always right in the middle That's of things. That's why Martin Freeman was so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there was two men who played Watson in the the Jeremy Brett series throughout the eighties and early nineties before Brett himself passed away. Another is that TV show Elementary, also which Susan loves, it's and I right. wind up watching it mm-hmm. like when she binge watches it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not bad. It's very but it's American. Not good. It's yeah. very American in its yeah. its approach to how things go, yeah. and and I like. I like the the actors. I like the characters, but the stories are just they're just too formulaic. Mm-hmm. It's just too American TV for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they're on a streaming service. If not, I've been wanting to track down the DVDs. I'm planning on doing that one of these days. Maybe I'll put it on my Amazon wish list because we're then we'll talk about that at Christmas time again. So, so <laughs> Scooby Doo, Roald Dahl, Arthur Conan Doyle. And that's that. I think we're fresh out of show at this point. There we go. Are we good? So our listeners, make sure that you comment on what your mystery story is. Well, yeah, what your favorite mystery is. Let us know in the comments. I know Elizabeth Rice has been awesome about putting her two cents in, so that's fantastic to hear from her. Anyway, this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con. Coming at you like a spider monkey with a mini con July 27th at the Greek Street Center Mall, followed by cosplay karaoke and the band Wicked. Uh, follow us on Facebook follow us on Twitter follow us on Instagram follow us wherever we go and we'll lead you where the entertainment is look at that I did it yay at least one of us did